I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Our episode of Thriving Matters is an absolute cracker for you today, listeners. And I hope that you will make Alexandra Andre so welcome. So let's get to the startup line straight away, shall we? We're going to use a fantastic metaphor. Now, Alex is an amazing gal who doesn't shy away from any big goals. Now, would you believe, and this is just making me exhausted thinking about it, she's a five times marathoner. Uh, and have a guess what? And in amongst all those marathons, she is an iron man, at least I say an iron woman. What an, a sensational uh, achievement, but what a journey to actually get to be an Ironman. So, Alex, how are you today? Carrie, I'm great, thank you. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm in awe. Um, author, business founder and a solo mum. I think you're doing it all, girl. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our episodes, um, our guests are all... Um, about thriving and how we thrive in life and work. And I talk to ordinary guys and gals like you and I who are doing extraordinary things. And I'd like to say, you know, everybody uh, likes to know that they are making some contribution to the world. We're in the box a long time and uh, you'll often hear me say that. So why not give it a red hot shot while you're uh, up and breathing? So it's a phenomenal time to be alive, don't you think, Alex? I completely agree, Carrie, and I love that mantra of yours. That's what a big part of my journey has been been about. So, um, yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's that sort of energy and attitude that we need more of in the world, and it's up to us to uh, to share the love. So I applaud you for doing the, uh, the podcast and episodes you are. Oh, thank you so much. I just get to meet the most extraordinary people, so it's it's just a pleasure. But let's talk about what it is that gets you out of bed each day. Yeah, sure. Well, at the moment, my uh, my little boy gets me out of bed each day. He's my alarm <laughs> clock. I have a son who's two and a half. Yes. Um, but I just, I think particularly the last last sort of five, six years of my life, I've yeah gone on such a journey and I become more and more passionate and inspired about the impact we have on other people and sharing what I've learned on my journey. You know, we all, like you've said, you know, we all, I guess we all have our own journey and we, we can all have such an impact on each other. And I've learned some stuff on my journey and I'm incredibly passionate about sharing what I've learned. You know, a lot of those big goals I've taken on have been such long shots, honestly, like ridiculous yeah. ones to take on, but I somehow achieved them. So yeah, what gets me out of bed is the impact I can have in the world. And, you know, the more sort of possibility and potential I can untap within myself. So tell us the name of your little fella. His name is James. 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 Yes. Yes. So, so James is two and a half. So that those first early years are, are an interesting journey in themselves, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are. It has been the most incredible, but also the most challenging thing I have ever done. 
day <laughs> day and night in. Um, yeah, I thought I'd live till he came along, but I hadn't. <laughs> in you in know. the most incredible way, he's such a beautiful little boy. But he's also challenged me and caused me to to learn so much more about myself and grow in so many ways as well. Um, just yeah, phenomenal gift motherhood is absolutely. It's uh, it's very interesting, especially when you when you get to my age and you look back on it, you go, wow. If I had my time again, what would I do the same? What would I amp up? And what would I do differently? And uh, I often I, I use you know, talk to our our children who are who are grown up, and many of them are parents now. And um, I just sit back and listen now far more than I would have as a young mum who was busy doing trying to be Mrs. You know Mrs. Wonder Woman um, and trying to do the best doing the best I could. I I, I think, but um, there are things I probably would would change a little bit, but I don't regret much. So. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the way it is. Now, a two-and-a-half-year-old and before him, you, for some reason, marathons got into your head. So ha- tell us a bit about how that happened. They did, yeah, sure, Carrie. So I have always loved running, like loved doing cross-country when I was little at primary school. And it was 2008. I, so I always enjoyed running. But in 2008, I took on the Melbourne Marathon. And that really came out of a an encouraging conversation with a friend after a few drinks, you know, I'd planned to sign up to a half marathon and he told me that a half was really only a half full marathon was really, you know, what I should aim for. And for some reason that made a lot of sense at the time. And so that night I actually committed to doing the full marathon. I signed up to it and it was, you know, 42 Ks sounded, and it still does, sounded like a ridiculous distance. I think I'd probably, I had done a half marathon before, I'd done 21 Ks, but 42, you read about just being, you know, something the body's not, yeah, not meant to do, (laughs) possibly not meant to do. Um, So it was a really big, yeah, big distance I'd signed up to, but I, I got a coach, I trained, did all my training on my own and slowly but surely I chipped away at each long run and, and got, um, got longer distances. And I recall lining up at the start line that, that morning thinking, oh, I, don't, I really don't know what's going to happen here. Cause I'd the weeks leading up to it, I'd injured myself a couple of times. So I hadn't got in as many long mm. runs as I'd hoped to. And it was a, a beautiful, hot, windy day in Melbourne that day. <laughs> and, you know, off I set and I just chugged along at each kilometre one by one. And it was the most incredible experience. And I really had a great race until I hit about the 32, 33K mark coming up St Kilda Road, which, was... which is pretty flat, but it feels like a climb at the end of a marathon. And you're possibly reading about that in my um, book or might have. <laughs> And I just had this, I actually had this moment where my body felt just beaten, just, you know, just in such exhaustion and such excruciating pain. And I looked at the people around me and there was this old guy that passed me. He must've been possibly in his seventies, eighties. And I thought, wow, if he can keep going, I can too. And it was then that I just found something kind of deeper within me. And it just, I found this internal will to just keep sort of powering me on and I just you know step by step (laughs) finally got across the finishing line and I was just in almost in disbelief for what I'd done and that that really was such a pivotal achievement and pivotal moment in my life that was my first taste of wow maybe anything is possible maybe we can take on and achieve anything 
so yeah, that was my first encounter with a marathon. I then tried to repeat that experience for the next five years, trying yeah. to do a second marathon and just kept injuring myself. Right. Every running injury under the sun. Um, and I learned, you know, I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't respecting it for the rest and recovery it needed. I was trying to keep up with others in a running group. I joined, you know, so many, yeah, so many common running mistakes, I suppose, that take a bit of wisdom and experience to work through. Yeah, yeah. Well, keeping up with others is, um, is, a, is a metaphor that we use all through life, isn't it? You know, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, I've got to have this by this age or have, you know, do, do this or have this much in the bank by a certain time. And you think when you look at it, is that really the true essence of you and your I, contribution? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I've got this term of um, run your own race. Yeah. So not every goal will be for everyone, but if you find the goals that are right for you, and then yeah. do it your way, like do it exactly that. Do it that's yeah. true to your essence and what you're about. <laughs> I was thinking about when you, I, when I was reading about you running up St Kilda Road, and and that's exactly what you've got in the book. Now, listeners, you'll be interested. Um, Alex's book, The Power of Possibility, is um, a, a journey of her inspiration and her courage. But there's some special elements to it. So that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, because it's not only poignant for us just as individuals it actually shows you how you can lead yourself and often that's one of the hardest things in life to be able to lead yourself with some without someone at the back of you going come on the next step the next step I look at coaching as someone who walks alongside you and um, is able to say come on you you know what else can you do here how else and I love that you said you started to listen to your body because your body is what gets you over the line. We're physical beings. However, our emotional and our cognitive um, expertise and our skill set are the cream on top of everything, aren't they? I completely I agree, Carrie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, yeah. Yep. So your, um, your story, The Power of Possibility, you talk a lot about synchronicities and opportunities. So I think that's what we'll, we'll dive into. And I suppose I could ask the question, are you ever ready, Alex? Do you think? No, no, I don't, I don't think goals? so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we're ever really ready, especially, yeah, exactly. Especially for those big goals. I don't think we're ever really ready. I don't think the conditions or timing is ever really yep. perfect. But I think that can hinder so many of us in, you know, in taking stuff on or we're waiting for one day. And, you know, I think as we travel through life, we all get reality checks, you know, at times in our lives. And um, it can, the gift in those is to instigate us to sign up and to do stuff. And, you know, why wait? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. What, I, that's what I think. You're in the box mm. a long time, you know. Now tell us, um, I'm going to say the word mad. So it's not going to be that you're mad in doing a, a marathon. It was that you have very, you had a very dear friend. So I usually ask all, all our guests, you know, has there been a significant um, a, a time in your life? Had something massively changed for you? Has there been an author, a person that's affected what you did? So I'd like you to tell us a little bit about Mad. Yeah, sure. Mads. Mads, his name. Mads, his name Mads is. sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Danish name. So after these five years of running your injuries, trying to repeat a second marathon, I then found myself signing up to this Ironman event, massive triathlon, big 
swim, ride and run. And I, the reason I signed up to it, and I mentioned earlier just before about a reality check, you know, sometimes we get a bit of a wake-up call. And for me, my wake-up call was Mads, was a really close friend, um, and he was really sadly diagnosed with a terminal illness called multiple myeloma. Mm-hmm. And it was when he was diagnosed with that, and he was the first of my closest friends to receive such a diagnosis. And it was when that happened that I thought, yeah, life's short, you know, let's just do stuff while we can. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll sign up and I won't get to the start line, but I won't know otherwise. So I wanted to give it a red hot shot as you, you know, as you, (laughs) as your mantra is Carrie. And so I signed up and I started training and I was going on the journey. And even more tragically, a few months after that, Mads passed away 10 months after he was diagnosed. And it was that day that I chose to dedicate that Ironman to him because mm. the journey he went on, the everything he was doing to continue on for as long as he could, he had a young family, um, was just incredibly inspiring. And that dedication gave me such a sense of purpose to what I was doing and why. So I chose to raise money for the Myeloma Australia Foundation. I raised over uh-huh. $10,000, which at the time was their single biggest fundraising. Oh, that's huge. It yeah. was. And it was just so inspiring and heartening to see all, you know, so many of Mads's friends and my friends and then people that I didn't even know getting behind me and donating or sharing beautiful yeah. messages of inspiration you know, so many people came on my journey because I chose to share it. You know, I was doing some Facebook posts and, and things like that. And it just became this big, you know, such a sense of purpose. And it was a purpose bigger than me. So my training, it was, it was this sense of purpose I'd never felt before, that drive and motivation I had towards, yeah. you know, all that training, getting to the start line was honestly was like nothing I'd felt before. You know, I was doing everything I possibly could to, to get myself mentally, yeah. emotionally, and physically to that start line. And I did, I did. And the day was absolutely incredible. So it was Ironman Melbourne and it happened to be the last time that event ran. So in terms oh. of synchronicities, that was, um, that was certainly one of them. Yeah. And it was the most incredible day. And it was, a, it was a very long day. It took me over 12 hours to do the, do the event. But to see, you know, my family and Mads's friends and family out there on the, you know, on the side, on the course, cheering me on. And even so many strangers was just, was just phenomenal. Yeah. And that was, that was my big life-changing, you know, event and achievement um, for so much more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I was just thinking the, the changing of the um, parts of the, of the, um, the Ironman, that's, that's different considerations some different training in that, some different, um, uh, considerations for even the, the mental talk that you're doing for yourself yeah absolutely so being the three disciplines so you start with a swim um then it's so it's a 3.8k swim in the ocean then you uh run up the beach head into the bike area change into your uh, bike outfit jump on the bike for 180 kilometers which took me a bit <laughs> over six hours it's a long time on the bike <laughs> and then you um, actually hand over your bike to someone, which felt like a real treat on the day instead of popping it into the rack on a smaller triathlon, collapse into a seat, put your running gear on, and then just run a lazy marathon from Frankston all the way up to St Kilda for anyone that's that knows Melbourne. 
Oh, I, I know. So I know from yeah. Frankston Inn. No, it's a long way. Like it's a long way. And actually, I, I write about in the book, you'll, which you might have come to, um, a few weeks before the race, I <laughs> showed my parents, you know, the course and we're down at Frankston and you can, you can see Melbourne CBD like a literate, a tiny little speck in the, on the horizon. And that's where the marathon finished. And it's not often you actually, a lot of marathons start and end in the same place. So you, you don't necessarily have a full understanding of how long that distance is, but I tell you what, when you see it laid out from we're starting here and we're ending up over there, it is a really long way. And I tried not to take that in too much before the course, but (laughs) certainly afterwards I had a coffee down there and just looked at how far I'd run after the big swim and the big ride. And it's an incredibly long way. Well, it's interesting. On, in Chapter 7 on the big day that you talk about, you know, that your, your alarm went off at 3 a.m., you know, and it finally finally come and everything, you know, the marathons, here is the Ironman, here is, is all laid out before me. I just noted that, you know, a couple of the things that took, took my eye reading the chapter was, you know, you had a race plan. You actually had a lot to do, a uh, lot of lot of um, work on your breathing and your breathing skills for, for that, and how you how you stayed in in a good oxygenated state. There's some dolphins in all this. There were, there were some in, the, in the swim. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yep, swam yeah. over some dolphins, which was <laughs> quite incredible. And they're they're really spiritual animals. I discovered later, and I as I you know I thought of Mads, and I'm sure he was absolutely yeah. there in some way that day. Yeah. yeah, and that that's what that what's took my fancy. And then you you know you talk about the moment, and um and the realization that you are strong. I am strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, affirmations for me were and continue to be such a powerful motivator, and to really ground you in a moment. And I had my race plan. Probably the main part of my race plan was really affirmations and what I wanted to feel in each of those transitions. You know, at the start line it was I'm ready. And that just, I did a lot in terms of anchoring that feeling of feeling ready at the start line because I'd done so much to get there and I really did feel ready. And then I am strong would have been the last one. What was it? Was there one in the middle? No, that was, yeah, absolutely. I remember them pretty well. So I'm ready was uh, at the start line. Yeah. On the swim, it was I'm alive. So that was about feeling alive in the water and the breathing and everything as you talk about. On the bike, I'm strong because I needed very strong legs to uh, pound those pedals for so long. That's a lot, yeah. It was. And then on the run, it was I'm happy because running does and still makes me happy. And I spent so long denying myself of running because of all the injuries I had had, you know, by not listening to my body and pushing on. And then crossing the finishing line, it was, and afterwards it was, I'm limitless. And that has and continues to be such a, a motto and a way to live life for me. That's actually a lovely set of um, intentions for anyone to work on. And I'm sure you bring that into your coaching work. Yeah, I do. And there's a really easy way people can can do that. It's a little, little sort of visualisation so they can, it's called a VAC um, technique so visual audio and then kinesthetics and they can imagine their goal and so it could be it could be a race or it could be they're presenting in a meeting or it could be could be anything at all and they just take themselves to that point and they just write down all these things around what can I hear you know what can I see what can I feel yep. and they just create that moment yep. and then come up with a knowing I am something 
And for me, it was those things I'm ready. So, you know, that was my, my race prep was around coming up with that affirmation and really feeling ready. And then when I got, I got there on the start line, it was like, I was ready. I was so ready, you know? And I, so I, and I just would, would use that affirmation in that period. So it's something that people can use for absolutely anything. And it's really easy for them to do it themselves and incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I think you almost, you, you summon all the energy within you to feel in that way that you want to feel. Oh, brilliant, brilliant thriving technique, really. This it's, is all about. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's so yeah. simple too. So simple and so powerful, which I think are the best best nuggets we can offer people. Oh, look, the KISS principle is always, always best, I think. It's easy, easy to remember and you've got, you, you know, it acts as a trigger. So, um, oh, wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, I'm sure you have a number of other thriving um, techniques and strategies that you use all because you have been able to set goals. And, you know, goals aren't always easy, are they? They're really big ones. So how we break them down is really important. Yeah, spot on, Carrie. Um, They're not the big goals, especially if they're really, really big goals, they're not easy at all. And I I talk, though, about if a goal matters enough, we find a way. So for me, Ironman mattered so much to me, dedicating it to my friend. Mm. You know, I was gonna. I was not. I was not going to leave any stone unturned to get there. And similar to par- to parenthood, right? You know, <laughs> nothing can matter more than our little people and making sure they're okay and looking after them and encouraging them and guiding them through life. So we do whatever we can to get there. So, yeah, I think big goals. Not not all of them are easy. And I, we, we were speaking just around. You know, not every big goal is for everyone, but finding the goals that are right for you and then yeah. doing everything you possibly can to get there. And I think the sense of the sense of on that, I guess the sense of I've learned that the sense of purpose we do anything with we, is also incredibly important. I think it's those goals that we that we drift from perhaps along the way, or we reach roadblocks and we decide not too hard. You know, they're possibly the ones that we don't really have a real mm. aligned sense of purpose for. I think as well, yeah. So asking yourself mm. the sense of purpose: Why am I doing this? What does achieving it mean? And if it matters enough, you'll you'll get there. If, with the right it. help, you will absolutely get there. Yeah, and really, intrinsic or extrinsic motivation, um, it goes really to to the soul, to really into the heart space um, when you're doing something like this. And to dedicate it to Mads, um, beautiful story, and something um, you will look back. It's that's to me, it's like a a rite of passage in a way into, um, you know, we we go for the goal, we set the goal, we go for it we complete it and it becomes a rite of passage when we look back. It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned so much about, I think we all learn, we do life, do life and learn about life through different avenues, I guess. And for me, I've learned so much about life and myself through running an enormous amount. And yeah, you're right. I guess that rite of passage for me, that was to sign up to that Ironman. I was couldn't run more than 12Ks at the time. So it was such a long shot for me. But that really, you know, doing that first marathon, I realized anything was possible. But doing the Ironman, it was that on steroids, plus, <laughs> this, plus the impact we can have on others and the sense of purpose we, you know, just how motivating that is. Absolutely. Because that then became such a trigger for more to happen in my life. And I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been, so I've been very much. People's- 
sorry, it opens up people's curiosity, doesn't it, about why would you even want to do that? You know? Yeah, it does, especially especially if they're not in that in that world whatsoever. A marathon or an Ironman, certainly not for anyone. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. But I think we can all find our equivalent of those things. Whatever yeah. it is, whatever it is, like a big, yeah, a big goal, a big equivalent. Yep. That's that's it. And I um I often talk about uh, everyone has a Kokoda because for my 50th birthday, my first ever walk anywhere was walking the Kokoda trap with uh, Charlie Lynn. I was I was reading about that. I think that's that's fantastic. You would have, I mean, you would have learned so much from that experience. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, I did. <laughs> it was very interesting because when I told my husband, he said to me, "You start craving mad." What? what? <laughs> anyway, it was uh, that's another story. But it is what you learn and. I realised then that, you know, yes, my training could have been far better. <laughs> I came home, but out of 30, five got airlifted out. I didn't get airlifted out. Wow. So that it is an amazing thing when you look back and you go, when you think you can't do something, just have a just go back to that that moment where you actually walked into Kokoda, having done what you did, and to the point where I lost 10 kilos in eight days. Wow, wow. So I went, yeah, could have probably done a bit more training, but you know what? It is what it is and yeah. you, and, and it's a completion. But you look back on it and you think, ah, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating because your emotional uh, state, uh, the depth of the the depth of purpose and uh, determination, whatever else that you want to um, call it um, is incredible and you don't know you don't actually know that until you actually put yourself into a position or a I, place to do it. I couldn't agree with you more Carrie and that's I think that's why I've have had such a love of marathons and things because it it kind of strips you right back to the you know your inner sense that. of what's what's within you and once we you know we often have no idea what we're capable of until we try and go to those yes. depths of you know, that you just have to dig so deep to, you know, keep going like you would have had to in Kokoda. And <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, I look back on Iron Man, I now have an, have an affirmation around, I didn't, I have an Iron Man, I did an Iron Man. So if, you know, since that day, anything yeah. that's yeah. become hard, I reflect back that I managed to do that. So I can do this. So yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, whenever we take on that big goal and achieve it, we actually can never fully appreciate how much, how many times we might need to call, go back to that place or call back on it. Yeah. You know, wind, wind the clock sort of forwards. Um, that's, that's so true. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah I am. Um, a few people I've spoken to recently around taking on, taking on a marathon. I've asked them, what's the biggest thing you, you learned from taking on a marathon? And so many said, I wish I knew just how pivotal and rewarding an achievement that would continue to be even more yep. so later in life. So they look back 10 years and they're like, that was, it's even more so it's become even more pivotal. But of course we don't know that when we go to sign up to a goal, because it's a future point in time, but you will <laughs> never it. look back and go, Oh, I wish I hadn't achieved Coda, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things no, like that. No. So it's, yeah, I think those big achievements 
<laughs> they they pay themselves forward to a point in time where it'll continue to it's like a cumulative yeah. learning and value absolutely yeah and I'm just wondering is there a, is there a, any synergy between writing your book and doing the Iron Man I mean actually getting that book in place because often you often hear people talk about the it took me ten years to write the book or it's taken me three years to take oh yeah it was um you know I look at my my book and there's two things I'm incredibly proud of. One is the journey that's in it, the journey, the content, but the other is absolutely the journey I went on to articulate it. And, yeah. you know, it took me sort of three years from start to finish to write the book. And I, you know, did a few other things in between, including having my son. <laughs> and I, there was a lot of effort that went into that book. And I, yeah, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I didn't want any word or any comma or any full stop to be not there if it didn't need to be. So I went, yeah. I labored over it absolutely big time, but I wanted it to be something that I was incredibly proud of. And, and I am, I am. And I guess I was, you know, similar sense of purpose. I felt to writing it because I really, I wrote it for the impact it might have. I wrote it to share what I'd learned in the hope that something in it might land with someone that could help them on their journey. And so much so that, you know, James was a few months old and we were still feeding through the night. And I would, I was on a, I'd set myself a timeline to get it finished. And in that last week, I was due to hand my manuscript in. He got his first cold. I think he was about four months old, but I was just, I was so determined. And through the night, you know, I'd feed him, put him back to sleep and then I'd, I'd be up writing. And I found such stillness and such clarity through the night. So a lot of it was written, you know, with him when he was just a few months old in between feeds, but that's how inspired and driven and passionate I was about writing was about it. it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and people have, I'll, I'll be interested to hear how you find it, but people have told me that when they read it, they feel like they're on the journey with me. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think that that's a wonderful compliment and possibly testament to the heart that went into writing it. You know, I, was, I really, I found myself in that zone when I was writing it and, you know, reliving my journey. And I still do now when I, you know, I was reading some yesterday and I, I actually, I actually te- teared up when, teared up, um, yeah. yeah, when I went to visit Mads's grave just before the race. And that's how I still feel a journey. And I, yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, it was a, it was still very real and very fresh for me. Yep, absolutely. So when, when you read it, you can really feel the community that's behind you as well. Um, and that's re- that's re- real, I think. Uh, so well done you it's just it's a lovely read and I'm down to uh, just after your beautiful photos and uh, page 139 I've written a note to myself here grow to meet your BHAG that's what I wrote just after I I was reading it so grow to meet your goal go to meet the big audacious goal and it's it's part of it isn't it it starts off as the idea or the desire and then you you go right well how am I going to actually how do I grow this to make it happen how do I grow within myself how do I able to reflect on what I need to do what's not working what is working but it's very much goal driven yeah absolutely I talk about when I signed up to Ironman it was it felt like I'd placed this mountain of a goal on my horizon and I think that's what big goals can can feel like but it was on reflection afterwards that absolutely I had I had grown to be able to climb that mountain. It, it hadn't gotten any smaller, but it almost felt like it had relative to my capability. And you're right, it's it's so and that's why I love big goals because they 
command such growth in ourselves to be able to yeah. take them on and achieve them. Yeah. And it almost, you know, ideally we achieve them, but in another way, it almost doesn't matter because, you know, we, yeah. they, it, it does, it sets us on a journey and, and growth is, is the biggest part about that. And we can, we honestly can learn so much about ourselves by setting yeah. ourselves these big goals yeah. and growing to meet them. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, um, you made, you made me go back to a couple of the things that um, happened for me when I, I actually did the, the big walk as well. Um, I loved your dad's comment, though, on page 147. I loved the comment. You put a, a number of comments and wishes in from people uh, um, that you had, had received, you know, and he said to you, you know, Ironman Melbourne always seems to be an unbelievable challenge. But all your preparation plus guts and determination came together on the day. Not only did you achieve it, but did it so in a great time and always looked happy and fit. Well done. A fantastic milestone. Much love, Dad. That's your last quote. So you're allowed to tear up on that one. Yeah. Because that you was... made me do that. Oh, thank you. And Dad's very selective with with his words. So when, yes. when he says ones like that, they're done with such sincerity. And that that did, that meant a, a great deal to me. Mm. But you we often we look, we've just had the Olympics and the Paralympics. And I think during a pandemic, actually, it was amazing to see this. Um even though we couldn't be there and to cheer everybody on. And you, and I think we all gravitate to stories of uh, where we can be compassionate and have empathy and feel like we've run some of it with it and love to hear the stories behind it. And um, I think that's the beauty of um, anything where there's a physical, um, where there's physical training in, involved, but also where your mind's involved. So, the magic flip between the body and the mind is, is fascinating at the moment. And there's so much neuroscience around that as well. And I think for the time we're living in currently, being able to flip between mind and body and really take notice, be present and mindful, because you would have needed all of those skills when you were doing the three stages or even when you were doing the preparation, the lead up. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, extending that to physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, whatever spiritual means yep. for you, you know, I, yeah, I, through my journey, I've become more and more appreciative of just how, how impactful each of those four areas of sort of resources and capabilities are. Yeah. It's not just, you know, I run, you know, I, and my marathon days started with pretty much just running a bit of mental. Yes, absolutely. But I then have grown to very much focusing on those four areas yeah. In a physical training might get you to the start line of a marathon or a big event, but it's your, your head and your mind and your heart also that gets you to the finish of it. And yeah, I think mentally it's the, it's the, it can be the stories we tell ourselves as well, can't it? Which can, <laughs> it can be a, a, you know, big variation on those. So yeah, the mind, body, you know, the emotions we're feeling and honoring those. And then, yeah, that kind of spiritual connection, whatever that means for everyone. I think they're, they're all incredibly important elements and they're actual they're resources we can tap into as well so and that's one thing I encourage people to think about and even you know in the business sense it might feel like a mind game but actually how's your how are you managing yourself physically and what does your desk set look set set up look like and things yeah. like that 
that has an impact on performance. So, Huge. yeah, I think yeah. Th- thinking yeah. about all those four areas is is invaluable. Yeah, definitely. Not just for the marathon or the, the or the or the Ironman. It's actually for your day to day. Day to day, everything. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yep, absolutely. I like. Um, you know, you talk about anything's possible, and so when you're working in, you know, in a coaching um, area, um, because we lead ourselves and we also lead others. That's the way I look at. Because I think coaching and leadership go go together really well, no matter what we do. Um, um, and I often think, you know, if we we have this big big goal, you know, it's a long shot. Um, when we first think about it and you go then you start thinking about well actually it's not that much of a long shot if I can get the all the ingredients like a good recipe all the ingredients in to to make that beautiful mixture um, that sometimes will flop if if one of the ingredients isn't isn't right or uh, the temperature of the oven's not there or whatever it is but I think if we deny ourselves even the chance to do it well then we're not really showing up in a, in a way that's authentic so I wouldn't mind your thoughts on that as well yeah I completely agree Carrie and I guess that's that's why I've called my book the power of possibility like seeing life for for its possibilities not limits is is just such a different way to live and particularly at the moment when we can we can feel quite limited you know <laughs> yes. in, in so many ways right <laughs> That's, that's um, been such a huge gift of COVID, you know, not a gift, but, um, you know, and I think I look at my son and he, he has such an innocence about him in terms of, you know, he gives anything a go, just this sense of freedom. And I think often as we go through life, we can, we can feel limited, can't we? And we place, we place limits and, you know, those limiting beliefs on ourselves. And, you know, this, this can go for anyone, but I think women, myself included sometimes are exceptionally good at doubting themselves and their and their abilities as well they get medals for it yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) so this notion of the power of possibility well is is really what if we lived life more on the the possibility end of the spectrum versus the the limited end of the spectrum and that would mean that we would sign up to more things than deny ourselves the chance to try because if I, my physio told me that I'd never do another marathon, let alone an Ironman. So if I'd, if I had followed logic and logic made five years of running in running injuries, logic and limits would tell me I could not do another marathon or another Ironman. Now, had I followed that logical limited path, I wouldn't have achieved an Ironman. That wouldn't have given me the courage to launch my own business and hopefully have had the impact I have in so many ways with different businesses and the speaking I've done, I wouldn't have written a book. And you know what? Maybe I wouldn't have even chosen to go, to go down the solo mum path. I was going to ask you that. That's what, yeah. 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 And look, yeah. you never, you never know, but each goal leads to another subsequent, whether it's a goal or each goal leads to a path we take in our life in, in yeah. some way. And that path can change based on the choices you make. So, yeah, and the goals I've taken on, I haven't, by no means have I ever thought I'd nail them. I've, I've doubted, I've gone, this is, this is quite crazy, quite honestly, but I've, <laughs> I have, but I've, you know, I've, I've stepped up and managed to achieve them and they've changed and impacted my life in some way. Yeah. And that has had a big impact on those around me as well. So that's it. Yeah. I think we just, yeah. we just never know. And living a life of 
possibility. The world just seems like a bigger place as well because, you know, nothing's off limits. You know, yeah. anything's, anything's possible. And it's that, <laughs> it's that belief that gives you the mindset of just giving it a try, just giving it a try because you just, you just never know. I think our, what it comes down to is it's a, it's a gift to the universe. You say this in, in, at the end of your book, a gift, you know, things happen for us, not to us. If, you know, that's the gift, if we can see it in, that's the mindset that we have to be able to do it. And I, I thought that was a beautiful way to, um, to actually also just finish up your story around that, around that uh, Ironman and, and, your, and the power of possibility. It doesn't mean it stops you from anything else that you're, you're going to give no, the world No, that's with. right. Yeah, and I think, I think that's yeah. it. I think as I went on my journey and had a number of setbacks mm-hmm. training for Ironman, but if we see those setbacks of, as gifts and, and what, what can we learn from them, it helps us yeah. move through those setbacks quicker and actually receive the, you know, the, the learning in them that was meant for us. Um, yeah. if, we, if we go through life and see it as something that happens to us and completely out of our control, it's disempowering, it's unmotivating, you know, it's not much fun at all. Whereas if we see life as something that's happening for us and doors that are opening or closing for whatever reason and just allow ourselves to choose whatever it is we can choose and go down the path we're heading down. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's freeing, it's empowering and it's, yeah, it's a better way to live. I think so. Yeah. I think life does, does it, it might not feel like it at the time, but it definitely does happen for us. Absolutely. Just thinking about the world we're in at the moment, um, and you know, you've we've, we've all create, we all create, we have a choice in all this. Um, is there something something that you would be able to offer anyone listening into this episode about um, looking towards the future? Is it something that we need to consider? Do you think is there something that would be you believe uh, non-negotiable to have have with um, a within a part of our skill set. I mean, we're all trying to thrive. It's like a roller coaster ride most days. It's not always easy. Um, there's lots, lots of um, self-help information around these days. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of information that we can read, but it's in the actual doing that, um, that makes a difference, doesn't it? So I'm just wondering, is there a little message? Is there something that you would like to add just to the end of this conversation for our listeners about the future, present to the future? Yeah, sure. Well, I'd, um, I would have unwavering optimism around the future because, you know, there's a lot of change going on in the world at the moment and we can all feel, as we've spoken about, very limited, very things are happening to us and there is a lot of turmoil happening and there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, people really suffering and really struggling. But I would urge people to, yeah, also have have optimism. We will get through this somehow yeah. and we'll get through it by, I think, by people having positivity, having passion, being inspired, inspiring others, encouraging others, you know, really rising up for the gifts that they have within them and I'd encourage people, yeah, I think my big, my big message is to see life for its possibilities than the limits that are being, you know, really kind of forced upon us in a way. Even within, within mm. limits, there are still possibilities. 
just one one beautiful story of a lady I heard during COVID that you know when we couldn't go outside our houses she loved walking every morning she didn't let that stop her every morning she walked eight kilometers in her backyard yeah. every morning you know so that is that is a great example of possibility within limits so I'd encourage people to just yeah use possibility as a theme in their lives and check mm. in check in on their mindset through their days you know little things or big things yeah what am I choosing here am I choosing a limited mindset or one of possibilities and that possibility piece is not just in terms of what we can do but also how we can get there so what works for one person might not work for someone else and vice versa just because this didn't work one time maybe it'll work in a different way this time so yeah I think my theme is possibility so just encouraging people to Pop, pop that on the top of your, have a little possibility radar on your hat as you're walking around <laughs> in your face masks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's exciting. And I think, yeah, life is, is everything we choose and everything we choose to go after. And uh, if we choose to see it for possibilities, then, then it will be. Well, it's, it's, it's been a fan, fantastic chat to have with you today. Um, if anyone would like to uh, contact um, Alex, what's your best contact details? Yeah, sure. My website's probably the best spot, Carrie, alexandraandre.com. Okay, beautiful. And we'll have that. I'll put that into the, the notes for, the, for our session. Um, what an absolute joy. Um, I loved reading your book and thank you so much. They arrived in the mail and uh, it's lovely getting a parcel um, these days, isn't it? I mean, it is, it is. And I, do you know my, fav- my favourite part of the day is signing books, quite honestly, like to actually write a little message and send a book out and take it to the post office. I absolutely <laughs> love doing that as well. So thank you. Thank you for doing me the honour of reading it. And it's been, um, yeah, it's, I've loved the chat as well. Thanks, Carrie. Really good conversation. Well, I would I'd just like our listeners just to know that we, we're going to finish off with the message that Alex wrote in the front of my book. Keep making the difference you are. It's wonderful connect because your thriving matters. You are precious. So reach out to those who perhaps aren't feeling too valued or too okay today. Listeners, I'd love you to pop on to find out more about what I do as well, carriebenedette.com. Share um, this this episode of Thriving Matters uh, with your friends. If you're on your um, podcast platforms, we'd always like a little bit of love and a review. Uh, It just helps us keep going and it gives me the opportunity to connect across the globe. It's amazing who I've bumped into in the last couple of years since I started the podcast. And Alex, it's because you said yes that we made this possible. So... um, Many thanks. Love to James um, and a big hug to you. I know you're in Melbourne. We're in Sydney. We're all having a grand time connecting virtually and thank heavens for technology in this time of our life. (laughs) Thanks again, Alex. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) I'm Carrie Benedette and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 